Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Dr. E.J. McKenzie on Blog Talk Radio. DJ McKenzie, with the master key, unlocking and, uh, what else, liberating who, the real you. Well, we pray that this uh, radio broadcast today will be a blessing to you. Call your family and friends to join us. Let's see what the Lord has to say to us today. I'm really looking forward to uh, uh, our upcoming events that we're getting ready to have uh we we really take pride in serving uh the body of Christ as well as humanity uh next week we are going to be in uh, the Orlando area uh, we'll be doing the prophetic training there uh you can go to our website ejmpcc um, dot com and uh you can get the information there if you have any family and friends um uh, that you know that need to be a part of this or desire to be a part of this, uh, helping you to activate the voice of God on inside of you, to discover your uh, capacity or your ability to hear his voice. Every born-again believer should hear the voice of God. It shouldn't be strange. It should not be hard. We have made it hard. When I say we, I'm talking about the fivefold ministry gift, the apostles, prophets, evangelist, pastor, teacher. Uh, we wanted to make it mysterious. We want to make it difficult. Uh, when all of us is God's children, uh, if you we have any parents that is listening today, uh, you don't have a, a special uh, ability. I want to use you have, but give your child a special ability to be able to uh, communicate with you. They have to come to a certain place for them to be able to dialogue with you. If they don't come to the certain place, then you cut them off or you don't communicate to them until they reach a certain particular uh, place or a certain level. Uh, that's how we have made it in the body of Christ, that a, 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 a believer have to uh, fast, pray 21 days uh, for them to be able to hear the voice of God. Uh, but the Bible says if we being parents know how to give good gifts to our children, how much more will the Father give his Holy Spirit to us? And the Holy Spirit is the one that articulates uh, the heart of God, speaks to us the heart of God. So, therefore, uh, I don't think there's a parent that's listened to me that uh, has murdered their children, uh, have not fed them, clothed them, or sheltered them. The Bible said God is much better than we are. So therefore, it is the will of the Father for you and I to be able to hear his voice, to know his voice and to hear his voice. So we will be doing a training there at our spiritual son and daughter's church there in the Orlando area, Mount Dora, Florida. It's not too far from Orlando. And that's going to be next week. That's going to be the first, second, and third uh, of November. That's a uh, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Uh, really looking forward to being there uh, with them. We just believe God for just a supernatural 
move of God. It, it's always supernatural. These these trainings is always supernatural. Uh, these trainings is always powerful, and we're gonna bring um, some people on probably um, next month sometime that's going through the prophetic training. Uh, we have several people that's going through many times because you usually don't get it the first time. Uh, and if you do get it the first time, you need to be in the midst of it to keep it going. Uh, that's just like anything. If you start uh, learn how to speak uh, Spanish, but if you don't practice every day, if, you're, if you don't put yourself in the midst of a situation for you to enhance yourself and better yourself, it'll, even, it'll begin to wane and die. That's just like anything. Uh, and the following week, I'm really looking forward to uh, November the 9th through the 11th, uh, we will be having Encountering the Supernatural. Uh, this will be a, a ministry, a, a meeting that's been set aside uh, for signs, wonders, and notable miracles. Uh, we are two young men that flows in the supernatural. Uh, we are Prophet uh, Demetrius Senegal, uh, uh, Time of Refreshing Miracle Kingdom Ministries out of uh, Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, he's a tremendous prophetic voice uh, to the nations, a uh, young man uh, that God uses mightily in the word of knowledge as well as in the areas of the miraculous. Uh, we have a friend of ours out of uh, uh, Long Island, New York, Pastor Howard Brigham. He is a revivalist. Uh, God uses him to break things up uh, in your life, over your life, in your marriage. God has really been... Uh, using him mightily in the areas of the supernatural. So we're looking forward to these individuals. Uh, that's November the 19th and 11th. That is a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, Saturday, we're going to have the meeting at 4 p.m. For all of those uh, pastors that uh, uh, many times you prepare yourself for Sunday uh, night, I don't like to do anything on, on, on Saturday evenings because that's the time I'm, I'm trying to get my spirit ready for Sunday morning. So we're going to be having the Saturday meeting at 4 uh, p.m. It should probably end maybe around about uh, 4, 5, 6, 7, maybe around 7 o'clock. Depends on how the Spirit of God moves. And I was kind of meditating on the, uh, on the upcoming events. I think this is what we're going to do on the Saturday. Uh, those of you uh, that desire prophetic presbytery, uh, we're going to uh, probably put something on the website that you go sign up, and uh, if there's no uh, registration or you signing up for that, then we will not uh, do that. That will let us know how many people and how many teams we have to establish to be able to speak into your life. So what we will probably do maybe uh, an hour and a half uh, before the 4 p.m. service, we will have a prophetic presbytery uh, uh, put together to be able to speak into your life. Every prophetic word is recorded. And uh, uh, for judgment purposes, uh, we believe that uh, uh, when a word of God is spoken, somebody should be able to judge it, see if it's God or not God. And it may be God, it just may, may, may not be the timing. And that's why we always suggest people to submit your word to your authorities uh, that God has placed in your life. So uh, I think we will do that uh, an hour and a half before uh, the Sunday evening service, just say four, I'm going to say uh, Maybe 3.30, 3.30, yeah, 3.30, we probably will start the prophetic presbytery. So we'll have our uh, uh, sound guy, engineer guy, to uh, put a uh, prophetic presbytery form on 
on on the line so we would know uh, how many people that we uh, will be speaking into their lives or how many things we need to prepare uh, to speak into your life. So we're going to do that. That's November 9th, 10th, and 11th. It's going to be held at the Embassy Suites Hotel. That's the airport, Miami Airport location, uh, 3974 South River Drive. Uh, parking is $5. It's more than that before the event is, is $5. So uh, that's uh, November the 9th, 10th, and 11th. That's a, a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. You don't want to miss this. If you know anyone, please listen to it. If you know anyone sick in their body, if you know anyone that is challenged in their bodies, you need to get them out to this meeting. Both of these young men flows uh, heavily in the supernatural. Uh, uh, there's been great manifestations this year, uh, great manifestation of the supernatural. And we, we're, we're going to be fasting and praying, uh, preparing our hearts and our minds for the meeting. Uh, our congregation, we just believe God for an explosive move of the Spirit of God in South Florida uh, as a result of these meetings, the 9th, 10th, and 11th. You do not want to miss that. Uh, and, 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 and don't take it lightly. Usually Christians take things lightly. When people have needs, if you're bossing your job, if you know their challenge, their body, their parents, their brother, sister, invite them to this meeting so they can encounter uh, uh, the presence of God, encounter a miracle, and especially if they're not saved, so they can give their life to the Lord. So uh, uh, put those on your calendar, uh, November 19th and 11th, and those that's in the Orlando area, uh, we want you to contact uh, your families and friends to get them out to this meeting uh, so uh, we can be a blessing to them. Now, our guest calling number is 877-537-3321. That's our guest call-in number. That is our 1-800 number for those that's going to call in. Desire to call in. you have any questions concerning anything that we will be articulated or have articulated in the past, that's area code uh, 877-537-3321. That's our guest call-in number. Or uh, our regular guest call-in number is area code 347 Two three seven five four nine three, area code three four seven two three seven five four nine three. All right, uh, those of you now uh, is familiar with that we have changed uh, our time that we meet with you uh, on Mondays and Tuesdays. Uh, we we gather together with you at six p.m. to seven p.m. That's on Mondays and Tuesdays uh, from six to seven. So join me, call your family and friends, uh, connect with me, let's dialogue, let's fellowship, let's minister to one another uh, on unlocking and liberating the, uh, the real you. All right, and uh, on Wednesdays, uh, Captain and myself uh, pray that you uh, was blessed on this Wednesday uh, as Captain and I came together and, sh and shared the heart and the mind of God in areas of kingdom relationships, and that's every Wednesday at 1 p.m., uh, every Thursday, uh, Kathy will be with you at 1 p.m., Kingdom Women Living for the King. Kingdom Women Living for the King. I pray that you receive the word uh, from the Lord. I was encouraged yesterday uh, through the word that was released uh, through her on yesterday. All right, every Saturday, every Saturday, the Master Key releasing the supernatural. Uh, we pray that... Uh, 
you will get uh, those on the line uh, that need prayer, those on the line that need a miracle from God. Uh, <clears throat> we have our teams ready. Uh, I'm, doing, I'm doing all the prayer right now because it's not a whole lot of volume, but the more volume we have, we will have people ready uh, to be able to war for you, battle for you, and break through for you, and we'll have people to be able to pray a miracle in your life, to release heaven in your circumstance, heaven in your situation, heaven in your marriage, heaven in your children's lives. Uh, this is the hour and the time for the manifestation of the kingdom of God in the earth realm. Do you need a miracle from God? Do you need something from God that you know is going to require the supernatural, that all your natural means has dried up, then you are a candidate. The Bible says all things are possible to them that believe. How many? All things. All things are possible to them that believe. So that's every Saturday, 12 noon to 2. But if we don't have a lot of volume, we, we went a little over 1 o'clock last week. So the more people that need prayer, we will go to 2 o'clock. We don't have that many people that call in, then we will go to 1 o'clock. It's, it's fascinating to me that I, I, I know people that be listening to us and people that, uh, that has called in, they will sit on the line and need a miracle from God, but won't ask it. I can't comprehend that. Well, you have not because you ask not. And I tell people all the time, oh, God is not going to force a blessing on you. He's not going to force a miracle on you. And by, by the mere fact that you may be intimidated or scared to call in, or what the case may be, you be listening, then you don't qualify. You ain't hungry enough. And, and maybe because you're satisfied with the medication or you're satisfied with the, uh, 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 the tolerance, some people have high tolerance of pain. And so they they satisfied. Uh, they, they really don't want to be. They don't want to be healed. So they say they just... I've been coping with it for all this time. Or oh, I don't have somebody to pray for me before and nothing happened. Maybe it was because you had it too. Maybe nothing happened because you had it too. The Bible said Jesus could not do many mighty miracles. This is God himself could not do many mighty miracles because of the people's unbelief. They was offended with Jesus. God want to give you a miracle. You may need a job. The anointing and the grace of God is upon my life in this ministry. And the thing is, it's not about you. It's about advancing the kingdom of God that Jesus can be glorified. That there will be the manifestation of the testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ. Have nothing to do with a man or woman. We're nothing but instruments that God want to use to bring glory to his son. So, therefore, that is up to you. But we making ourselves available. And what God will eventually do, he'll start extending this thing, amen, to, to other nations. And, and uh, they will take advantage of it, and they will get what they need. And you, that's what it takes for some people. Once they see God do it for somebody, then they jump in there. <laughs> it's amazing. But nevertheless, we're here to be a blessing to you. We're here to serve you. And whatever capacity that we can serve you, uh, we are, we're also open for uh, for comments. Uh, you can go to our uh, uh, website, ejmpcc.com, and if you have any comments, matter of fact, I have to put that up there too. We need to put a comment page 
we need to put a testimony page, and we already got the prayer page. And uh, we're always open uh, to hear uh, uh, from you. So uh, uh, we're excited about these upcoming meetings. We're excited about um, God has graced us to be able to do this radio broadcast to be able to serve you. And uh, we have already uh, uh, begun to talk with several pastors uh, to get them online here so you can see the grace of God that's on their lives and the things that they're doing in the body of Christ. And uh, we've got some men and women that's doing some very powerful things uh, in the body of Christ, and we want to expose them to you. And so uh, uh, we're going to do that. Uh, as a matter of fact, we were looking at taking maybe two, two trips next year. Uh, I haven't done any traveling in a long time. There's a possibility we may be going to Africa next year, uh, Nigeria, and uh, a couple of other African nations uh, next year. And uh, and we're looking at going to uh, Europe next year. And I haven't been to the Philippines in a while. There's two churches over there that we support. And I, I know I, I need to, I probably need to be priority, uh, go over there and uh, be with them and impart to them uh, in the uh, Philippines. So uh, we will take, if anybody desires to go on a mission trip, and maybe we'll put that on the, on our website too, and uh, and we can go be a blessing. All right. Well, uh, today is uh, Friday, and uh, uh, this is the only day that we come together at 1 p.m. Uh, during the evening session by ourselves, Captain on Wednesday. And uh, uh, but I want to share talk about the supernatural today. Uh, I, I suppose that's kind of my heartbeat right now. Well, God have me. I really believe uh, that God really, really, really wants to invade every area and facet of our existence. Uh, I believe personally that God wants us to live supernaturally uh, as husbands and wives, as parents. I believe that God wants us to live supernaturally on our jobs. Uh, uh, he wants us to raise up children that is supernatural and and. And I'm seeing something, and it kind of causing me to be concerned uh, because there's enemies of the supernatural. And uh, uh, the thinking, uh, I, I was listening to someone the other day uh, was sharing me about uh, uh, a young man uh, 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 was communicating to them trying to feel them out to see if they really uh, like, uh, they, they have a boyfriend or girlfriend with a boyfriend. Uh, but my thing was, did you ask them a question? Did you communicate to them concerning Jesus? And, and see, this is my concern that we can be in church all our lives, raised up in church. But Christ is the second thing that's on our mind when we're relating to people. If people die in the state that they're in, see, this is not a reality to the church, the majority of people in church. If that person died, they will go to hell if they're not saved. That is not real. That is, that is not real to the average born-again believer, that there is a devil and there is a God. There is darkness. There is life. There is righteousness. There is wickedness. That is not real. And we're so natural thinking. It, it, it fascinates me. Even my, even my own family members. Uh, 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 I, I look at my daughters. I, I, I really want them to be 
spiritual, conscious, and oriented, and usually the pastor children are one probably the one that get challenged more than anybody. But, but when I say spiritual oriented, spiritual minded, that you understand that you're only here to impact someone's life. You're only here to impact someone's life from a spiritual perspective first and a natural perspective second. My oldest daughter graduated from Rama uh, Bible Training Center up there in Tulsa, Oklahoma. My middle girl right now is in, uh, she's uh, uh, just finished high school, and she's in a, uh, going to a technical uh, uh, college at this present time, Florida Career College. And, and, and I know how young people think. The mind is, I want to get a career, I want to get a job. I want to get a, but if Jesus came back right now, see, we don't think this way. What good is the job? What good is the career? Am I saying advocating not to desire a career? Am I advocating not to desire a job? Absolutely not, because you, have to, you need to be sustained in this realm. But all of that stuff means nothing because none of that stuff have anything to eternal values. My eternal destiny. God gives me a job for him. That means that's my, that's my ministry field. I was supposed to be talking about the supernatural. I'm kind of stirred up right about now. That's my ministry field. Then why I don't see, <clears throat> excuse me, why I don't see that God have me in college right now uh, he's preparing me naturally, but yet at the same time, this is the place that God wants to impact this college through me. Why don't young people see this? I'm talking about young people that go to church. Because church is nothing but form and fashion. And the majority of people in church have not had an encounter with Jesus. And I, and, and I have to question all of our salvation. Started my own family. Questioned the salvation of my family. Questioned the salvation of my daughters. It's one thing to say I am saved. It's another thing to experience salvation. It's one thing to ask Jesus to come into my life. It's another thing to experience that Jesus has come into my life. And, and it's, it's not their fault. It's got it, it, it to come back to me. So something is wrong with me. I evidently I'm not doing something to lead them into encounter. I, of course, I got a personal relationship with the Lord. Uh, they see me pray all the time. But, but it, from their mentality, that's Daddy's job. Why don't? Why is there no conviction on my family members when they see me fast and pray? When the case may be, saying, "This is what I need to be doing." Why is there a separation that that's Daddy and this is me? And the same thing with church members. That's the pastor, and this is us. So we put the pastor in a category, and we put ourselves in a category. You will never encounter Jesus, never experience Jesus. Because it have nothing to do, God don't make the preacher in hierarchy and make you somebody, uh, uh, put you on a position on the, on the bottom of the total pole. It don't work that way. Whoever God has given unto you as a pastor, whoever God has given unto you as a parent, God is showing you who he's trying to make you out of. But we separate it. And that is one of the manipulations of the enemy. So we go after, we pursue the things of this life <clears throat> to try to accomplish things in this life and not 
pursuing the will and the heart of God in this life. And even if it's God's will for you to be, become an engineer, you become an engineer as unto the Lord. If it's God's will for you to become a doctor, you become a doctor as unto the Lord Jesus Christ. If it's God's will for you to become a nurse, I'm becoming a nurse as unto the Lord Jesus Christ. It's still Christ. And it's still understanding that uh, that God got uh, uh, want to raise me up to be a doctor to impact the other doctors. God want to raise me up as a nurse to impact other nurses. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about the kingdom of God. But we want the blessings of God, but we don't want God. We lie to ourselves. We trick ourselves. Y'all can probably sense I'm a little stirred right now. And I am stirred. Because there's a, there's, there is a tr- a, such a tremendous manipulation and deception that has uh, permeated the church, infiltrated the church, and people is manipulated and deceived and have absolutely no clue that they're manipulated and deceived. And we're, going, we're just going through the motions. We're going on like everything is fine. We, and there's, if, if, if we take, if, if we examine our lives, because God been having me in that state lately, self-examination, and I not examine myself from, from a, a perspective of um, how good I am or how bad I am, but my relationship with Christ. I've been in that mode and examine where am I, and looking back at my life before I got married, what kind of man of God was I when I wasn't married? What kind of man of God am I now? And see, see always understand that, that the greatest love is not being single. The greatest love of spirituality, can I still be even more spiritual being married because now and having children, I have a greater level of responsibility, which requires a greater level of anointing. And so, therefore, if, if my relationship with God is not affecting change in my wife's life and my children's life, i got to look at E.J. McKenzie. I gotta examine me. Evidently I have compromised somewhere. I have compromised the standard of God somewhere. If I have encountered him and have not led Kathy in ebony and ecstasy and the money into an encounter, then it's it's on me. Then I need to cry to God and ask God to have mercy upon me and show me where I compromise, what I need to do to get myself back in alignment, to bring this family back in alignment. And it's, it's kind of difficult, uh, 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 especially with Ebony now, since she don't live uh, 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 with us at this present time. She's grown. And, uh, uh, you know, when, when, when kids get 18, they, they, they want to let you know in an indirect way, I'm grown. And I have absolutely no problem with you being grown. Being grown means you, you're responsible now, and uh, you're taking on responsibilities, and you are showing yourself responsible, a responsible and productive citizen in the kingdom of God as well as in this realm. It's one thing to be chronologically grown. It's another thing to be uh, internally grown, mature, making the right decision. Nobody have to think for you. you making uh, the uh, right decisions uh, 
uh, and learning from your mistakes and your errors that you made. But uh, I've been concerned uh, how this thing has manipulated. And I tell you the truth, I did. I'm doing a series called "The Anatomy of Man," and and you probably hear me say that from time to time on, on the broadcast. You need to get that series. And I even look at our uh, 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 members. How many of them has ordered the series? How many of them that has heard this and they was pricked to the heart in the beginning, but now has become normalcy because they got they have it in their head. They have the information in their head but have not allowed the Holy Spirit to lead them into living it out. Power to change, ladies and gentlemen, doesn't come by acquiring knowledge. I heard uh, one of my spiritual sons minister last Sunday. Uh, uh, he made a statement that uh, he probably remember if he made it. I don't know or not. But he made a statement. Uh, paraphrasing how he said it. He said, how can a person uh, uh, do a thing when their mind have not been renewed concerning the thing. Paraphrasing how he said it. And that's where the struggle comes in at. We know that we should do a thing when you hear the word, and the reason you can't do the thing or see it from that perspective because your mind haven't been renewed. Notice what the Scripture says in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now notice that I change as a result of my mind changing. If I have not changed, it's nothing but a revelation. My mind haven't changed. My thinking have not changed concerning the thing. This is what people want to do for change. They want to fast. They, 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 they want to fast to change. But the Bible does not tell you to fast to change because you want to know something. It's nothing but a manipulation. Because if your fasting is not done from a biblical perspective, you're tricking yourself. And only thing that you're doing, only thing you're doing is putting yourself in more bondage. I see it all the time. And you can't tell. And, and you don't say anything about it. Even though I teach on this stuff right here, it's still don't register. People still go back and fast to try to experience victory. They fast to overcome. And what you actually said, anytime you fast to get victory in the area and fast to overcome in the area, you were telling the Father that Jesus' death on the cross was in vain. And you want me to tell you why you fasting to try to change and fast to overcome? Because you still want to be in control. That's all it is. You are still refusing to relinquish control of yourself. As long as you can do something, you feel good. That's the old man. That's the old nature. It will not work, cannot work, shall not work. And the sad thing about it is people I know that's been doing it for 50 years, the same old thing, and haven't experienced change. And fall right back in the same old situation. Over and over and over and over and over. What do the, what do what do society call that? An insane person. They call it insanity. That you keep on doing the same old thing to experience change, but there's no change. But you keep on doing the same old thing, but still expecting change. That's insanity. 
and it's nothing but a revelation that you, and you believe it or not, it's witchcraft. You are a spiritual witch because you still trying to control God. You trying to control God. You trying to get God to change his methods, his ways, his laws to fit you. That's witchcraft. God is not going to alter his laws. God is not going to alter his method to fit you. And think about it. If you're doing God like that, you're doing your spouse like that, you're doing your boss like that, you're doing your pastor like that, when you can't control it, you get frustrated. You get aggravated. And, 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 and think about it, and I see it all the time. And those kind of people, they're great manipulators. You say, what do you mean? They sound good, smell good, look good, but ain't good. But the people that really know them, they see hypocrisy. But they're easily, they're easily to manipulate other individuals because people don't know them. People hear what they say, but don't see how they live. They are still, in any time a person, that's you, me, everybody, the only way you will ever experience change is by surrender. The only way you're going to experience change is by submission to the Spirit of God. Not my will, but your will. And it's not a confession. I'm going to say it again. It is not a confession. Because you can confess if you never act, if you never do what you're confessing, you will never experience transformation. And the only reason you have not done it's because your mind have not been renewed. Bottom line, we make it difficult. It is not difficult. The only way that you and I in, a, in any area have not experienced transformation, have experienced change, is because of what we know about the word have not pricked, renewed, caused our mind to experience renewal. Once your mind is renewed, then you will do. Or you can be stimulated, but your mind isn't renewed. The scripture cannot lie. What do the scripture say? Once again, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by what? Be ye changed by what? The renewing of your mind. My mind, when my mind is renewed, I'm renewed. When my mind changed, I'm changed. Satan understands that. So his ultimate goal is to get you and I to think. I was going to say stinking thinking. That's a phrase I heard from Kenneth Hagin years ago. Stinking thinking. And that's what thinking the way the world thinks, that's stinking thinking. Because think about it. It says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So be not conformed to this world. Be not conformed to this world. So if I believe, think about it. If I believe that I can fast, 
if I believe I can make confessions and experience change, and I'm not experiencing change, then evidently that must be the way the world think. Be not conformed to this world. Evidently, I'm thinking the way the world thinks because I'm not experiencing change. Because the Bible says in the book of James, he that is a hearer of the word and not a doer, not a doer, not a doer, not a doer of the word, he is deceived. He is self-deceived. What the scripture says. And nobody can, and think about it, when a person deceives, it's going to take a divine intervention before they change. Even though they can have somebody living this thing right in front of them, have example before them, but they, they, they want to take their own method, their own ways, and things change going to come. This is going back to the principles of discipleship. We talk a lot about discipleship uh, in, in Panorama. Because that's God's method. Got people even deceived with that. Got people deceived with that. Because watch this right here. Let's let's go back to let's break this thing down. That's going back to me. What I say as I'm I'm going to be I'm examining myself. I'm examining my wife. Examining my children. Examining my leadership. Examining panorama and everybody's around me. It's, it's start with me. Okay, where is E.J. McKenzie? Where's my relationship with God? If I have had encounters with God, have I led Kathy and these girls into an encounter with God? Or they only know the methods? They, 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 they have locked into the methods, the formalism, having a form of godliness. So got the form down, the form of going to church, the form of studying the word or the form of reading the word, or the form of prayer, the form of making confessions, the form of fasting, but never experience the power. That's the problem. Where is the power? Where is the power in my life? Where is the power in Kathy's life? Where's the power in Ebony X's and Money's life? Where's the power in the leadership of Panorama? Where's the power in Panorama? Where's the power in our life groups? Where is the power in South Florida? Where is the power? The Bible says in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, the kingdom of God comes not in word, but it comes in power. Do people see power in my life? When I say power, I'm talking about not power to cast out devils. I'm talking about power is manifesting to love, power to forgive, excuse me, power to be bold, power to be courageous, power to obey God, to do whatever he tells me to do, power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the powers of the enemy, power to witness to somebody, Christ Jesus, to tell somebody about the Lord. And not just telling somebody about it, but telling them how good God been to you. Have he been good to me? Have I allowed him to be good to me? If I'm still controlling E.J. McKenzie, I have not experienced the goodness of God. I have received him, but I'm not experiencing him because I'm in control. Let me read a scripture to you. This scripture has been on my heart. 
uh, all morning long. Listen to this, if you will. I'm going to read this scripture out of the Message Bible. Then I'm going to read it out of the Amplified Version. Galatians chapter 2. Well, I suppose a little blue on that because I want to talk about the supernatural. Well, I suppose this is the supernatural, living supernaturally. The greatest enemy is religion. Doing church exercises. Listen to this, if you will. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. Christ's life showed me how. Now, the, the, the uh, King James says it this way, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I. But the life that I live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That's verse 20. But I'm going to read 21 as well uh, in the message Bible. But listen to this right here. Notice how I read verse 20 in the message Bible. Christ's life showed me how. Christ what? His life. Christ's life showed me how. And enabled me to do it. Wait a minute. Christ's life showed me how, and Christ's life enabled me to do it. I identified myself completely with him. I did what? I, E.J. McKenzie, have identified myself completely with Christ. Indeed, I have been crucified with Christ. Now watch this. It's beautiful. My ego... It's no longer centered. No, no. My ego is no longer central. It is no longer important that I appear righteous before you. It is no longer important that I appear righteous before you. Let's make it personal. It's no longer important I appear righteous before Kathy. It's no longer important that I appear righteous before Ebony, excess in your money, panorama, uh, my sons and spiritual sons and daughters, my, the peers in the body of Christ. It, it's no longer important that I appear righteous before my father, my mother, my brother, my sisters, my nephew, my nieces, my uncles, my aunts. It's no longer important that I appear righteous before uh, um, my peers on the job, my neighbors in my community. Is that a reality to you? you? Are you concerned about your reputation? Protecting your ego. Let's move on. Notice what it says. It is no longer important that I appear righteous before you or have your good opinion, opinions or have your good opinions. So it's no longer important to me your opinions. Why? I'm crucified. What you think about me is no longer important. Do you see Jesus? That's the only thing that you and I should be concerned about is Christ living his life in me and through me. But if Christ is in me and I have not identified myself with Christ, 
with his crucifixion, with his resurrection, with his ascension, with his enthronement, then I'm going to be concerned about what you think about me. And I see this a lot in families. The husband is concerned about the opinions of the wife and the children. The wife is concerned about the opinions of the husband and the children. I see this leaders. We're concerned about uh, the opinions of the congregation. Then God, you have limit yourself and what God can do with you and for you. Because ego is at the forefront. And you are making a confession that you're crucified with Christ, but you're not experiencing it. Let's continue to read. My ego is no longer central. It is no longer important that I appear righteous before you or have your good opinion. And I am no longer driven to impress God. I didn't say that, did it? Because to be crucified with Christ, you you understand, you've been accepted by Christ. You are not trying to impress Christ. You're not trying to impress him by fasting, impress him by being dedicated to your, uh, your devotional time. We have made our devotional time rituals. We have made our prayer time rituals. We should never do devotion trying to impress God. We, devote, we do devotion because we love God. We want to commune with him. We want to fellowship with him. It's, my devotion is no longer bondage, but it's a pleasure. It is joy. Are we getting this, ladies and gentlemen? So if you've been trying to impress God, repent. You shouldn't pay your tithes and give your offering first fruits because you're trying to impress God. You give your pay your tithes, give your offering, give your, your first fruits because you love God. It's not impressing Him. It's loving Him. I'm doing this because I love you. This is what you require of me. If you love me, you will obey me. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. So my actions is out of love not duty. My actions is out of love, not trying to impress, not trying to gain uh, points with God. You don't have to try to gain points with God. You belong to God. You're sons and daughters of the Most High God. You were born again. And you don't have to try to impress your pastor. Impress Jesus. Love Jesus. Live for Jesus. And if your pastor is a man and woman of God, they're going to respect you and appreciate you because of your passion for Jesus. Let us get set free. I'm not finished this scripture, this verse. It's powerful, isn't it? Notice what it says. It is no longer important that I appear righteous before you or have your good opinion. And I am no longer driven to impress God. Christ lives in me. Christ lives in me. Christ lives in me. The life you see me living is not mine. The life you see me living, it is not mine. But it is lived by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. What is he saying here? He says, um, watch this right here. Christ is in me, 
but Christ cannot start living in me until I stop focusing on EJ and start putting my faith in Christ. And the moment I put my faith in Christ, Christ start living in me. Christ can be in me, but not living in me. Christ living in me because I have faith in him. Faith in him releases him to live in me and through me. And so people no longer see EJ because I'm crucified with Christ. Now Christ lives in me because I have faith in him. And as soon as you have faith in him, he's activated and he become alive in you. And he starts living his life through you and I. Powerful. Notice what verse 21 says. I am not going to go back on that. Is it not clear to you that to go back to that old rule-keeping, old what? Rule-keeping, peer-pleasing religion would be an abandonment of everything personal and free in my relationship with God. I refuse to do that. To repudiate God's grace. And think about it. Every time you try to fast to get victory, you're repudiating God's grace. Every time you have to lock in to some kind of formality to bring pleasure to God, to get brownie points from God, you just repudiated the grace of God. You just repudiate the grace of God. Every time you try to do something for the opinions of men, for the pleasure of men, you just repudiated the grace of God. Every time you try to go to church and operate in church, to get the opinion of your pastor, to please your pastor, you just reputed the grace of God. Every time you minister in the church because you want people to see you, you repudiate the grace of God. Every time you do anything to get a pat on your back or to get a thank you, you just repudiated the grace of God. If a living relationship with God could come by rule keeping, then Christ died unnecessarily. But that's powerful. That's powerful. Let's see what the Amplified say. Let's read the Amplified and see what the Amplified Virgin say. Let's look at this thing. Are, you, are the Spirit of God speaking to you? I know He is. All of those that's in chat, those that is uh, uh, online, and those, which is the majority, that will listen to this later on, the spirit of the living God is articulating to you and speaking to you. This is the year of government. God is trying to get everything in divine order. Stop fighting God. Stop going back to the old. Stop being drawn back to the old. Oh, 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 in order to embrace the new. Stop it. You've been trying the same old thing over and over and over and over, trying to be spiritual, trying to impress people, and you're constantly falling on your face. It's only when you and I die, willing to be crucified, 
allow the Spirit of God to lead you and I to the experiential reality of the crucifixion of Jesus, that the life of Christ can be made manifest in my mortal body. Now, notice what Amplified says. It says, I have been crucified with Christ. In him I have shared his crucifixion. It is no longer I who live, but Christ the Messiah lives in me. And the life now lived in this body, or the life I now live in the body, I live by the faith, or I live by faith in, by adherence to, and reliance on, and complete trust in the Son of God. Complete what? Trust in the Son of God. You know why we still try to do things? Because we don't have complete trust in the Son of God. We're trying to make things happen so we can write a book that said, this is the A, B, C, D, E, F, G, how I overcame, how I did this. No, you overcame by grace. You're who you are by grace. But grace can't even work by me doing works, by me trying to perform. Grace ceased to work. It ceased to operate. It can't operate. I repudiate the grace. Because I'm trying to do something instead of accepting Christ, having faith in Christ. And this should show you and I something. That all of us that's confessing to be born again, do we really have faith in Christ? Because we really did. We will see the life of Christ being made manifest in our mortal bodies. But we lie to ourselves. We trick ourselves. Notice what it says, if you will. Verse 21. Therefore, I do not treat God's gracious gift as something of minor importance and defeat its very purpose. And defeat grace's very purpose. I do not treat grace as something of something that is of minor importance. Really? If we really didn't, the majority, all of us, all of us, We'll be experiencing the victory of Christ in every area of our lives. Every area of our lives. But we need to repent. Ask God to grace us to turn because we have treated his grace of minor importance. We have defeated grace's very purpose. What is the purpose of grace? The purpose of grace, ladies and gentlemen, is for you and I to experience Christ in every area and facet of our life, to experience the victory of Christ, to experience the resurrection of Christ, to experience the power of Christ, to experience the authority of Christ, to experience the blessings of Christ. Grace is that which produces, but grace can't work as long as E.J. McKenzie is alive. Grace will not work as long as E.J. McKenzie's alive. I'm trying to make something happen. I'm trying to help God. I'm trying to impress people. I'm trying to impress men. Grace cease to work. Grace only can work and be effective in a life that is crucified, a life that has its faith rooted in Jesus Christ. Then grace begin to work. Then grace purpose can be fulfilled. Notice what it says. I do not set aside and invalidate and frustrate 
and nullify the grace, unmerited favor of God. You don't? That's exactly what the majority of people have done that is saved. That's why we don't see the supernatural operating in our life. The supernatural only works through a dead man, a dead woman. When I say dead, dead to yourself, your desires, your want, your, your will. Then and only then can grace, grace be activated. Grace can work, but we won't let it because we're afraid to allow it to work. Because we don't know what the consequence is going to be. We don't know what the outcome is going to be. Know why? Because you want to be in control. You still trying to control the situation. You still trying to control your husband. You still trying to control your wife. You still trying to control your children. You still trying to control your business. You still trying to control your finances. You're afraid to let go. You're afraid to lose. Know why? You can't trust God with them when you don't trust God with you. If I'm afraid to trust God with me, it's impossible for me to trust God with Kathy and Ebony and Exodus and Money and Panorama and Doma and his pastoral lines, business partners. It's impossible. It's when I die to me, then I can present my marriage to death. I can permit, present my family to death. I can present Panorama to death. Then and only then can grace work mightily in me and through me. Are you hearing the Holy Spirit, ladies and gentlemen? This is this is this is some good stuff here today. The Amplified did not finish. It goes on to say, "For if justification, righteousness, acquittal from guilt, comes through observing the ritual of the law, then Christ the Messiah died groundlessly and to no purpose and in vain." His death was then wholly superficial. Wow. 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 Ladies and gentlemen, my time is about up. I pray that you got something from uh, the Lord today. And you guys that's on, on, on here, I suppose you just want to hear a sermon. And you mean to tell me that you all had absolutely no questions today? Come on. Uh, but nevertheless, I know he's challenging us, so he's challenging you and I for you and I to become the men and women of God that God has ordained upon us to be. Now, do not forget, next week, uh, we'll be in the Orlando area. Those of you that know somebody in the Orlando area, make sure uh, you get them to that prophetic training in Orlando. That's going to be a Thursday, Friday, and a Saturday. And the following week, we're going to be having uh, Bishop Demetrius Senegal and Pastor Howard Brigham. This is going to be an encounter, encountering the supernatural meeting. And ladies and gentlemen, get the sick out there. Get every man, woman, boy, and girl that you know that is sick, get them to this meeting so they can experience the miracle power of the Most High God and that their faith will increase exponentially in the Most High God. Uh, uh, we were going to be at the Embassy Suites Hotel, and we're going to have Prophetic Presbytery on that Saturday before the meeting on Sunday. I'm sorry, uh, Saturday evening. Saturday meeting is going to be at 4 p.m., so get your family and friends out there. Let the Holy Ghost show up. Let the Holy Ghost show out. And we believe God for a mighty, mighty move of the Spirit of the living God. This is your due season. This is your set time. God is bringing everything in kingdom order. He may, he may want to bring your marriage 
in order. You may experience a miracle in your marriage, a miracle in your children's lives, a miracle in your finances, a miracle in your health, a miracle getting a job, a miracle in your business. This is a supernatural encounter meeting, ladies and gentlemen. Listen, let's allow the Spirit of living God do what he desired to do. This has been your host, Dr. E.J. McKenzie. Love you guys. Appreciate you. Look forward to being with you on tomorrow at 12 noon. God bless you.